welcome. I'm Victoria Schnipps, president of Schnipps Media, and today leading a Power Woman podcast with a woman who has earned the title of being a Power Woman. I am so happy to bring in Dr. Miriam Vega to us, a born and bred New Yorker, having been born in the South Bronx and now serving the communities of our great city. And Dr. Miriam, as she likes to be called, is the CEO of the Joe Adabo Health Centers. So welcome, Dr. Vega. Welcome, Miriam, Dr. Miriam. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much for the warm introduction. Thank you. We're very proud of what you've accomplished and the power of uh, women to do things that most people might be fearful to do, because I know that the Joe Adabo Center has been a, a kingpin in the Rockaways. But, you know, we are seeing it. You'll tell us about what you're doing with serving it. But I'd like to go back. And, you know, you grew up in the South Bronx when it may have been called Fort Apache. Yes, uh, that's but right. Like up but I don't want to date the- myself. <laughs> but- that's between you and me. <laughs> exactly. But I, yes, uh, I was there when they were saying that the Bronx was burning. Um, and when, you know, rap was born a few blocks away from where I grew up. So three blocks away. I was there at the heart of it all. <laughs> so who, who mentored you to become, you know, you've got a PhD, you've got a great success, and who was your inspiration growing up? Well, this may sound cheesy, but my mother, you know, um, you can't ever underestimate the power of your mother in your life. And my mom grew up, you know, in extreme poverty in Brooklyn, was a um factory line worker and she wanted me to grow up and be more do more and she swears that I at the age of five I said I wanted to be a psychologist I don't remember this but she (laughs) she said said it that it's so (laughs) yeah exactly so she um you know encouraged me to read and Excel. I used to enter to storytelling contests all the time. I was little Miss Carvel a long time ago. And um, she would go to the library and take 10 books out at a time for me to just read and devour and see the world outside of those few blocks that I grew up in. And, you know, she made sure to that I had everything I needed. And, you know, and that was access also to good schools, teachers. I was so lucky. It does take a village sometimes. Teachers identified me as gifted and I was able to get a scholarship to go to boarding school for high school in Massachusetts, Phillips Academy. And it introduced me to a whole other world, but I knew I always wanted to go back to New York and give back to the community. I actually grew up accessing community health centers. So I know the power um, that they bring to the community. Look how the circle of life. And I saw you went to Vassar. So uh, my stepson went to Vassar. But when the men were, were they, was it an all-girls school when you went? No, no, no. It was co-ed by then. And uh, I am a a diehard uh, Vassar girl. (laughs) Right. Something to be very proud of. Very proud of. Well, I I do believe there is great power in uh, family. And to have your mother, you know, for me, my mother, too, was a great inspiration. And I think, you know, you were led to be uh, something so basic, read, read, and then read some more. It was, a, it was a beautiful thing to see the journey that you've had. And, you know, now that you are uh, at the Joe Adabo uh, Health Center, you know, that's um, 
been born out of the Adabo family, was named for, I think, Joe's father. Joe Adabo was a state senator. And I didn't realize that you had gone on to open, the agency has opened in other locations. So how did that evolution come to serve Queens and Brooklyn in different so, parts of Queens? Yes. The health center, the individuals associated with it, including uh, Senator Adabo, you know, had this vision to serve the Far Rockaways because it is so isolated and they saw the need that was there, but they also, along with board members and staff, saw that there was need in other areas. They saw that there were other areas that were widely underserved, where there was huge comorbidities of um, obesity, diabetes, and heart disease. And in these communities, there's also a lot of what's called community trauma. And trauma can entail seeing you know, a person um, shot, witnessing um, violence. So there's a lot of community trauma in the neighborhoods in which we serve and community trauma can actually go out seven generations and can cut off up to 20 years of a person's life. And so by going into these neighborhoods, assessing where there was great need, this intersectionality of being underserved, high rates of trauma and high rates of uh, these comorbidities, they knew um, there was a calling to serve these, these individuals and these populations. So I like to say often that we serve the quote unquote rural parts of New York City. So the Far Rockaways, we have two clinics there. We have two clinics in Jamaica, Queens and one in Red Hook, Brooklyn. And these are all areas that are in great need and um, sometimes um, a little hard to, to reach as well. Well, you know, the, uh, the when you shared with me, uh, Red Hook has a, one bus that comes around and we know the Rockaways, God bless them. They're beautiful. They're as beautiful as the Hamptons. We call them the city Hamptons, but it's impossible. You know, you get on the A train for hours and hours to get there. So you certainly are serving the underserved. And I, I was wanting to ask you about, you know, with you services that you have, we're seeing a lot of mental illness on the streets of New York. And you just mentioned you hit the bell when you said to me community trauma. And how are you, are you able to incorporate that with your health services? Yes. So we offer a wide array of services, you know, uh, primary care, dental, uh, OBGYN, and we also offer mental health services, behavioral health services. We, during the pandemic, everyone had to move to telemedicine, which helped us reach more people in need. Um, well, wait a second, slow down on that because telemedicine, people don't realize that you don't have to make a visit to the doctor. The doctor can come into your home. You know, I think it's a, I knew when it was first coming out, it wasn't being reimbursed, but I think they changed the rules. Is that correct? That you do get reimbursement? We do now, but it's still um, lower than it should be. We do not have mental health parity in New York, nor in this country. Uh, mental health should be treated just as equally as uh, primary care. When someone goes to a primary care doctor and say they're not compliant with their medications, often there's a mental health component to it or some other um, issues. So we need mental health parity, and there are now mental health services that can reach people in their home through telemedicine. Um, and I think that is a, a great opportunity that arose out of the horrible crisis that was the pandemic. 
So I think if there's any, uh, you know, I, I, when you talk about the three fields of um, health needs, what are the three that you see most in your communities you're serving? So in terms of um, uh, chronic diseases, we're seeing diabetes. And we're actually um, at our main site in Auburn. Um, we are expanding that building and are opening a diabetes wellness center. Hopefully soon, uh, mm -hmm. we'll be sure to send you all an invite. Along with diabetes, it is heart disease and obesity, referred to as the triple threat. Um, mm -hmm. Many of our patients have these three, and they're chronic diseases that need uh, management and, and care. Mm -hmm. Well, I know that Red Hook is where you're serving people now, but you came into the, uh, what shall I say, the eye of the storm because you began your tenure at the Joe Adabo Family Health Centers before the curtain, I call it the curtain came down on the world. <laughs> how did you, how were you able to navigate these sites being in all different places? We, you know, we have a distributed team that works across uh, the different sites and the use of telemedicine and the use of Zoom, you know, uh, has helped us a lot. The workplace and the workforce has changed incredibly um, during these three past years. So most people have a hybrid, uh, uh, you know, work day or work week and the pandemic made a lot of people reflect on how they wanted to work, um, where they wanted to work and what they wanted to do. So the people that we have with us are very committed to doing this work because um, they survived the eye of the storm. I like yeah. to say that we were uh, inside a tornado within a hurricane. <laughs> during that. Mm. That's uh, I like I like that dramatic, you know, <laughs> but it's so well said. Yes, uh, it felt like we were constantly turning one way while we were being turned the other way. And, you know, you're right. At first, we weren't even being reimbursed adequately for telemedicine, but we knew we had to do it. So during the beginning of the pandemic, 50% of all our patient services were through telemedicine. So can you imagine when we weren't being paid? Sometimes we were just paid $9 for a visit. So that has um, changed through a lot of advocacy and letting people know about that. Um, and we hope that uh, these changes will stay in place in terms of paying for it and that there will be increased rates for it. Um, people acknowledge the value um, that it brings. Doesn't um, Adapo still sit on the board? No, he does not. We wish, uh, we would love for him to, but he's very- We've got to wrangle them back because you know, <laughs> one of the things I see is that we need to have advocates in the state Senate where he is, uh, to be able to uh, bleed the case of better reimbursements. And it's really a political thing that has to happen. So I think that, you know, you're such a classic case of how you helped a community that was so underserved. And you've got to be able to survive and to be able to do that with appropriate funding. So I think you better beat that drum nice and loud. We have been, we have been for sure. We got to bring him in again. He's a, he's great guy. He was there for us throughout the whole time. I got to tell you, he's been fantastic from, from day one. And so have some of the other politicians. Gregory Meeks was really there with us a lot too. Um, well, Greg Meeks is a very key factor in uh so bang the drum for better funding. I think, it, you know, with all the work you're doing, it takes time to advocate because many people don't know what it is to 
be reimbursed. They have no clue that you're getting numbers that are absolutely bizarre. So yeah. <laughs> I think you've got something. So I, I do know that, you know, your success has been from the South Bronx to Vassar to this wonderful position here now in New York City as the head of uh, CEO of the Joe Adabo Health Center. Can you give us some clues to some secrets to success that you could share with our listeners? You know, I, I went through a long journey, as you mentioned, you know, South Bronx to, you know, Massachusetts, Vassar. I even went to Berkeley. I spent 10 years in California, actually. So sometimes I refer to myself as a sunny curmudgeon, you know, part Californian, part New Yorker in that way. But part of my success is that I am a sunny curmudgeon. I am this a stubborn, determined person to get things done. I don't take no very well, <laughs> but I also bring optimism and try to connect with people on a one-to-one -one basis and individuate people and understand where they're coming from. And I think bringing people along and encouraging mentorship has uh, led to where I've been now because I've had a lot of very loyal uh, people who have stood by me while I take on all these challenges and um, interconnectedness with other people will do you a lot of good and understanding where people are coming from. But, you know, I'm a Taurus, so uh, <laughs> I'm very stubborn. <laughs> and that, that, that's the key factor, number one factor. <laughs> I think that um, when you, to me, when someone says no, that's when quote unquote, the sale begins, not ends, begins. Exactly, <laughs> so, gotta wait for three no's. <laughs> there you go. A woman after my own heart is Dr. Miriam Vega. We are so delighted to have been sharing time with her as the CEO of the Joe Adabo Family Health Center, serving both the Far Rockaways, Jamaica on Sutton Boulevard, Guy Bruin Boulevard, and in, beautiful Brooklyn Red Hook. So it's been my pleasure to have these moments with you. Congratulations. Thank you. Till next time. Thank you so much. This is Victoria Schneps, our power woman, Dr. Vega. And till next time. Bye.